Welcome back, guys, to the Player's Perspective Uncensored with Larry O'Bannon. This is part two of the episode, It's About Buckets, with Russ Smith. Glad that you guys are back with us. If you haven't heard part one, make sure you go and listen to that. We learn more about Russ Smith, his inspirations, and what sort of shaped Russ into the basketball player that he is today. Really looking forward to part two. Part two is going to tell us about more about Russ Smith off the court, his music ventures, his movie, his humanitarian acts that he's doing in the community. And also we're going to put him through our bird proof segment of rapid fire questions and do our final review of our bourbon selection of the day. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the second episode. Now you're into a lot of different things. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, you're in the bourbon you rap, you do music, you got songs with Jadakiss, Lil Wayne, and many other artists. You're into a uh, new movie, you have a new movie coming out. You do a, you're very active in the community. Talk about some of the other ventures that you're into as well. I think my greatest um, ventures and my best adventures are all of my humanitarian acts. We, I partnered with um, the New York City Police Department to raise awareness on injustice. I think it's important that uh, a lot of a lot of black and urban communities um, and police and people in the police department just understand each other and and have a better understanding of each other and police need to realize that you know we're we're human too and you just you just don't understand us and you have to understand us it's your job and I've done things with I partnered with the police department here and put together a good foundation event for Officer Nick Rodman. Um, and now, just recently, um, with Breonna Taylor, um, I partnered with Metro um, City and um, the parks and um, her law firm. And we've gotten a, a court done in her, in her honor to raise awareness on social injustice. So I'm a big believer in social injustice and that's the humanitarian side of my foundation. That's what we do. We've done a lot more things, but um, besides that, I've heavily into music. Um, work with Jada Kiss. I work with Lil B, um, the writer of uh, Nappy Roots. You guys know uh, Still. Um, and then I've also was a featured artist on the track with Davies, Lil Wayne, and now I'm working on. Um, uh, a deal with uh, Fabulous now as we speak. So I'm gonna try and get that done. The Jadakiss video is gonna drop. It's in my movie, it's, part, it's my movie soundtrack. So there's parts of my movie in the video. So um, it's just been nice. a unique experience and uh, we rolling. <laughs> Chopping it up, hanging out with kids. That's, that, was, that was dope, that was a trip. Um, <laughs> even being up there at uh, D-Block Studios. I remember when he did the verse, when he did the verse, like, I couldn't, I almost couldn't believe it. Like, you know, it's just, I seen him sit there, you know, write it, write it out. That was like, that was really my first experience in the music industry. Cause I was like, damn, I'm doing music. I want to get a song with Kiss. I never, I don't even really know how it goes, but Kiss showed me so much love, knew who I was. He was tripping in the studio. And um, once he did it, um, did the verse in front of me and everything. I didn't even know what to say. I was speechless. He probably thought I was a weirdo. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then the next time, um, and then the next time when we when um, we hollered at him, we sat in the song. We lived with the song for like six to six to eight months. Lived with it, and then um, we was like, we start. I started doing more more music. I got a whole label. Got some dudes from my 
my neighborhood that I grew up with. And um, we just pushing right now, just putting out music. And um, I was like, man, I want to do the video. My boy set it up and my partner, actually my partner set it up. And that was, that was crazy. Like a video with a, a legend. <laughs> I fell right. over that. And now I'm trying to work on doing the same thing with Loso, two New York Kings, um, a lot of street cred, a lot of uh, respect. So, um, yeah. When you um, talk to us a little bit, because of, we've been around you a lot, and I never knew that you even rap. Yeah. Most times, you know, everybody in New York rap, you know, but yeah. <laughs> we've been around you about so many different things. And, you know, normally, if you was rapping, when you was at the Ville, you would you would have been you know spitting some bars or telling us like yo yeah. I rap. You just came out of nowhere. So when did that start? Man, so like um, I've 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 had like I've always been a writer. I, I always I love writing. And then um, when like one of my boys at the dorm, like one of the managers, he'll bring up a beat or bring up one of his um, open up his logic thing on there. So I was like, oh shit, all right, cool. I write something to that. I will put something down. But I was never like. The, the more extroverted like rapper to show people I can rah 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 I can do it in your face like I'm that's not me I'm more so like all right throw me a melody um let me know the topic and I'm a I'm a write and um I'm a, and I'm gonna come up with some but sitting there and watching kids come up with come up with stuff and then explain it to me how he comes up with it. I think it just made me a little bit colder than I was before. <laughs> that was my first experience. <laughs> I always bring that up, but uh, yeah. So um, it's I like I like the writing aspect of it, and I like I like coming up with um with witty lines and uh, just and keeping following the melody. So I have EDM songs, I have R&B songs, pop, alternate rock, and um, I have a wide a wide spectrum of a of music that's even out and uploaded. So uh, it's just fun and it allows me to be creative and I'm hands on with all of my mixing and engineering and production. Um, there's records that I have out that I've um, helped produce from scratch. Uh, so it's it's been an engineered and mixed from scratch. So um, I'm really hands on, my ears, ears sharp and I take pride in it because it's, it's like, I don't get to be like for, like I always compare it to basketball. Like I'm at the point in basketball where it's a job now. Uh, I don't really get to be too creative anymore. So when I'm making music, um, I always push the needle with my creativity. So that's kind of how I let that side flourish. Nice, nice. Russ, now we've reached a part of the podcast that we like to call our barrel proof segment. It's a bunch of rapid fire questions. We're going to shoot them to you. Don't give it a, a lot of thought. Just give us your first answer. We're going to roll with it. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Let's roll. It's Halloween. It's around the Halloween time of year. Which movie is more scarier? Freddy Krueger, Jeepers Creepers, or Jason Voorhees? God damn. I'm going to go. Uh, it's, either, it's either Freddy or Jason. You can pick your poison, but. Uh, Freddie scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably roll with Freddie too. Freddie was one that gave me nightmares when I was younger too. Freddie scared the hell out of me, dude. Like, I don't, whoever came up with him is insane. Insane. Like, it was Candyman in Chicago. Candyman's scary too, dude. Like, not like Freddie and Candyman, they just, they just weird. Like, how do you come up with that? You know, like, how do you, because Freddie, because Freddie Krueger is borderline a pedophile. 
<laughs> he's a pedophile. And he has, you know, he has knobs on his fingers and everything. And, and you know, you can't sleep. Right. Hey, I was gonna throw Candyman in there. I didn't know if that was too th too much throwback for Russ, but you know Russ a little oh, younger than us. Russ don't care about too much. All right, Russ, let's go. Favorite Instagram comedian. Favorite IG comedian, man. Uh, damn, honestly, I don't even really look at IG comedians. <laughs> I'm I, I uh my favorite comedians is just Dave Chappelle. Chris Tucker and um, I think it's uh, I think it's a uh, Chris Rock, yeah, and Chris Rock. Okay. And I okay. like George Carlin, but other, but but I don't really, I don't think people are that funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm agree with that, Russ. It, it's hey, it's some funny people. Hey, on, on Instagram, hey, Des I gotta see. Desi Banks, Desi Banks probably has got it for me right now. Desi Banks probably got it, but Ha Ha Davis, it's, it's some other funny. Oh but. yeah, you know what? Ha, yeah, Ha 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 sends me. Ha Ha does send me. He's, yeah. He, yeah, his is more. I, I like his. I, I I relate to his a lot more. Ha Ha is funny, but I see Desi's on. I see Desi Banks on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter more than I am on Instagram. Oh, so, okay. okay. Yeah, I don't really be knowing. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Toughest person you ever had to guard. Kimba or Kimba Irv Walker. Walker when I was super young. Yeah, probably those, probably those guys. Oh, and then like, you know, out of respect, I was in the game, playing Golden State, chasing Curry around is is a is a job in itself. So that was that was that was pretty dope. But uh yeah. If stealing was legal, give us three things Russ Russ Smith would steal. Three things Russ Smith would steal. Um oil, gold. And the air. <laughs> <laughs> easy. That's easy. Next question. <laughs> take take yourself out of the equation. Who are the best hoopers that rap? Oh man. Um best hoopers that rap. Um I'ma definitely you definitely have to go that rap or make Rap and make music is totally different. Rap. That make that rap, I would have Give me to two. Go. Give me two. For sure, um, definitely Dame. And then from what I've seen from like two chains and and hot and, and hollow. No, no, I'm tripping. Um Dave East was I was gonna good. say, I thought you would have yeah, said Dave East. Pretty good. He was solid. Um Yeah, I think Dave East was solid. Um, so yeah, it would have to be those. So it would have to be East and um and and um Dame. What celebrity is the most annoying? The most annoying boy. Um, damn, there's a lot of annoying celebs out there. Bro. <laughs> like it's a lot of annoying people because they just they they want that attention. So it's 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 um man. Help me out. Who do, who do, who do you think? Hell, I'm gonna start with the president. So <laughs> that's where I'm going. You know what? Yeah, yeah. It's, not a, it's, not it's it's either between. It's definitely either between Trump and and and, and Yeezy. I love Yeezy to death, but it's it's definitely one of those two. Those guys is always up to something. So mine is number forty five because I won't say his name. And um, 
Cardi B. She drives me crazy. Cardi B drives me insane too. God damn it. <laughs> Definitely does. Like, it's just nonstop nonsense. Like, <laughs> right, right. For sure. Take out the Yum Center. What's your favorite arena or the best arena that you've played in? Wow. As I've always said, the Yum, the Yum was probably the best, but uh, it would, it would have to be. There's, you know, there's the, the Staples Center is obviously pretty nuts. The Garden just, the Garden's legendary. Um, but when I was in China, um, the the Beijing Ducks, like, their their arena is legit. Um, is fire. Um, then uh, who else has a good arena? Crowd too. Got a nice crowd. Yeah, like when like when Marbury when Marbury was playing, it was always packed out. The house was packed out. But uh, when we played those guys, it wasn't really too packed. But you could t- you could just see it. You, you you know, like it's it's just it's almost levels. Like they they know the the Chinese know what they was doing over there when they made that arena. <laughs> it's right, too right. it's too fire. It's, it's really nice. Uh for me, man, I'm I'm man. It's it's different ones. Probably the nicest arena uh, that I've played in. Man, that's that's tough. Uh, yeah, because it's so as, many. Far, as far as as far as crowd noise, I'm gonna say Rupp Arena. Because like, like, cause the the way like it's it's, it's, it's different way. Yeah, like I didn't like I like playing in when we played up in I love Rupp for sure. And but then also Cincinnati, like yeah, playing up, it's like yeah. I'm in the Cincinnati, you know, yeah. like. I like that. I got up for that, and um, that was cool. But um, there's other places too. Like when we, when I was in in Turkey, and the team played at a uh, like Fenerbahce or um, or when we had a home yeah. game, especially or something, it was ridiculous. Like our arena wasn't the nicest, but it was like, oh no, we know. You talking yeah. about apples and oranges when you talking about European crowds and American crowds? Oh yeah, apples and, and oranges. Violent. <laughs> right. No, uh, it was that was that was crazy, but uh, yeah, even in China, like I right, so I the, like the Beijing Ducks one was the nice one, but my when we played and um I was in Fujian, like and our team was supposed to be like pretty good the year that I played my first year, I, we had a, one of the best Asian big men, um, we missed the playoffs by like four games or five games, but our margin of loss was like five. Like, we didn't lose games by, by, like, that many points, but we won games by, like, 14, 13. Our arena was was small, probably held, like, 8,000 people. Um, 9,000 people was a little ball, and you can smoke indoors, so the, the gym is smoked out, and it's, it's a big smog on the court, and we out there hooping, everybody's tripping, the fans yelling in Chinese, Ref calls something bad. The Chinese, they they gonna trip. They gonna come out the crowd. Like it was an episode. <laughs> right, right. One thing people don't know about Russ Smith. Man, probably that I'm I'm not as probably that I'm not as crazy as people might think. <laughs> people <laughs> might think I'm crazy and that I, I that I go on tirades. Like I'm 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 a very peaceful person, man. Like I'm very nonchalant person. I'm, laid back and I just enjoy the I just make a big deal out of the little things. I enjoy the little things. And the little things make me happy. So that's that's probably the 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 kick. 
Right, right. Now, this is a question that we call franchise sign and wave, and we're going to go young backup guard edition. So you got to franchise a guy that you would build your franchise around. Yep. You got to sign a guy that you would keep on your team, and you got to wave a guy that you just can't keep. Uh, I'm give you three options. You got to keep the two, and you got to prioritize. You got to franchise who you build, sign who you're going to keep on the team, wave who you can't keep. So you got Fred Van Fleet, championship guard from the Raptors. Yep. You got Shy Gilgis Alexander, young yep. upcoming guard from uh, OKC, and you got Spencer Dinwiddie. Ah, oh, that's tough. Nice guard from from the Brooklyn Nets. You <laughs> that's got franchise. You got to sign him. Yeah, it's supposed to be tough. <laughs> that's tough. That's super tough. Um, I mean, that's so tough. But uh, but I, off the bat, and what I gotta do? I gotta franchise tag somebody. You got a franchise. I'm tagging. I'm tagging Dinwiddie. I'm tagging Dinwiddie. Why? Cause at every at every level. He's um, he's been able to show and prove he's succeeded, and he's um, overcame injuries. He can shoot, pass, defend. He's a big guard. He's athletic. Um, I think Spence is he should be a starter in the NBA, and um, he's he's just that good. Now, now I got to make a decision on Van Fleet or Gilgis Alexander. And I got to wave and do what to the other. You got it. So you so you built your franchise around Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep. Now you got to decide who you're gonna sign and keep on the team, and you got to waive one that you ain't got a roster spot for. Now I'm gonna. I'm sorry, Shy. You're the young buck. I gotta waive you. I gotta waive you. I, <laughs> I gotta waive you. Now I'm gonna keep Van Vliet because Van Vliet gonna pick it up where Din- Dinwiddie gonna leave off. Like he gonna he gonna play his role, and he gonna take all his good shots. He, he got the championship blood. You know, he's, he's, he's been with a winning program. Um, and he's a short guard. Like, I, I like that. Um, he's short. He's stocky. He can hold his own. He's a matchup problem. Um, so I'm going to go Dinwiddie at my one. as my franchise guard. I know he's going to compete. I know he's going to hold it down. And um, I'm going to go Van Vliet, either six man or right beside him, um, knocking down threes and coming off picking rolls. Mo, what you going up with? You know, and for us being older, I like his first franchise pick. And uh, just watching the young boy, I'll sign him. Um, Who's that? Shot. Shot. I just, I just like that bad boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I like him. You know, so. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm franchising Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Spencer Dinwiddie. Man, Gilchrist Alexander's tough, man. Just, just watching nah, him, he's, he's tough, man. Uh, but I'm, I'm probably going to franchise Dinwiddie. And then I had to come down to who I'm going to keep between Shy and Ben Fleet. Man, uh, uh, Shy, like, um, I, I like his game. It's very unorthodox. Um, he can make plays at his size that a lot of smaller guards um, can. So he's versatile in that aspect. But I just think from an experience point and just uh, picking the uh, picking the spots, I think Van Vliet picks his spots really good. Um, he's he's phenomenal at that, like because he's not overly athletic, he's not overly fast. And if I got my franchise guard taking all the risks, then I need a guy that can pick his spots. But uh, Shy is just raw. He's cold blooded though. Yeah, I, and, and I'm with you, man. I think. 
championship blood um, makes the difference for me. I think Shy Gilchrist is more talented, but I think yeah. that fleet just not being afraid of the moment, hitting big shots in the finals. I mean, going back to when they won that championship, he hit I don't know how many threes in the fourth quarter, two or three big shots. And so he's not scared of the moment. He's a good leader. He's tough. And uh, he's proven. So I, I would go with him just for that reason. But I had this argument about Kyle Lowry the other day, and I was talking about how good he was. Like, if Kyle Lowry was um, – was, I forgot what series it was. I think it was Philly, one of those teams, this past series, or the Bucks. That's what we said. If Kyle Lowry was on the Bucks, the Bucks would potentially be playing for a championship right now. He just – he's so smart. He controls the game. And he makes everybody else's job easier. And you need guys like that 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 can pick these spots and make make everybody else's job easy. And those guys don't come um, too too often. And um, Kyle Lowry's one of those players where, like, if I was playing against him, I would hate him. Hate him. Yeah, I would hate yeah. him, but I would want him on my team though hate because him. he's tough. Yeah. He's a leader. He's gonna do what it takes for the team. You know he what I'm saying? He could come off the bench or he could be any position out there. Like, you just want to have him out there. Uh, that's a fact. Right. Russ, um, without putting yourself up there, because you know, you know you're New Yorkers. <laughs> Put on your basketball, basketball Mount Rushmore. From New York? No, just period. Just period. Who you know you know. Oh, Put on your basketball oh. Mount Rushmore. All right, so um, I'm, I'm going – um, Michael Jordan, right? I'm on the right track, right? Like, as far as... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the right track. <laughs> I'm going uh, Michael Jordan for sure. Um, then I'm going uh, LeBron James um, second immediately. And third, I'm going Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, fourth... Um, shit, fourth, um, Magic Johnson, and five. But how many is on Mount Rushmore, Russ? You're talking about five? It's five <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore, right? No, it's four. It's four. Oh, all right, so that's it. I thought it was five. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm yeah. going to go back and do some research. Like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I'm I lost on the Mount Rushmore. It's hard to get a fifth. I already got four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I, I would, I would go Jordan, LeBron, uh, Kareem, and um, and and Magic. Um, but I would, but Magic would be my one. That if I had to put someone in there, unfortunately, he might be the first one out. So he's my, he's my fourth. That's on the block. If okay, since you threw it out there, if you was taking him off, who would you put in his place if you had to replace him? Kobe, Shaq, Bird, Bill Russell. I'm a big fan of. I like body of work, man. Body of work is is what matters to me, and then obviously uh, the level and versatility. Um, I I love Bill Russell. Like I think Bill Russell is the the definition of of he. When you think championships, you think Bill Russell. What Bill Russell brought to the Celtics was you know defense and rebounds but there was a, a lot of guys on his team that brought many of those things 
um, brought Kuzi and Havlicek, and all those guys. Yeah, he played with a team of Hall of Famers. A team of Hall of Famers. A team of guys that got it done in their respect. It was one guy having five steals a game. It was crazy. So um, I, for, for that reason alone, I don't think it's fair to put Bill Russell up there. For that reason alone, he's the he's he's my champion when I think championships. But I'm gonna go. I don't know if I'm gonna get bashed for it. Shaq is the most dominant player, but Shaq wasn't dominant for forty percent of his career. I'm gonna go Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan would be my fourth. You can't get bashed for that. That's legit argument. That's legit argument. I love I, – I think he's great, man. Like, I, I think he's had a – from start to finish. Can't argue. Can't – the Spurs have never missed playoffs. He's had about seven, eight final appearances, just as much as LeBron almost. MVPs, um, defensive teams, played with a few Hall of Famers. Um, he's led all of his teams. He's, he's my, he's on my Mount Rushmore. And, um, I think, I think if I, if I don't, if, if, if I would have added a fifth, that's my starting lineup. It would be Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Duncan, and Kareem. Kareem is one on every level, so we can't even. <laughs> I can't even be mad at, I can't even be mad at that. And you know what? I had this conversation with some people that, you know, and I kind of started a debate, like, you know, for a long time, people considered Kobe the, the best player in the league. You know, he had these championships. I'm like, Tim Duncan got just as many. Why is Tim Duncan not considered the best player in the league? Yeah. The best power forward of all time. He's got five championships, defensive player of the years, MVPs. You know, he may not be the scoring machine that, you know, Kobe was, but oh, he got it done, though. The game is different. Like, he'll catch – like, <laughs> he – he has, a, he has an effect on that game that, you know, that isn't flashy, but, you know, you right. feel it in every possession. That's the, and that's the thing. You're going to get a high-level possession once he touches the ball. But that's the thing, too, is because of, you know, he, he wasn't doing the – you know, he wasn't trying to do the big shoe commercials and, you know, the jersey sales. It, it was – he'd get his numbers. They win. You know, people hated Spurs basketball. You can't right. – like Larry said, you know, Kobe, you know, he was just all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it's the marketing, and that's what the um, NBA is. It gets to a point where you're not in love with the uh, with the basketball player. Not not This has nothing to do with Kobe, but uh, you're not in love with uh, the basketball player. You know, you're in love with um, the persona, with the perception is of him. Um, you know, it's like, uh, per, you know, like same, um, same scenario with, uh, let's say. Why? Yeah, 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 Kawhi. You're in love with the person that doesn't talk, with uh, the the fact that he's a he's a robot. He has huge hands, you know, and he's and that's how he's marketed. He's marketed a little bit more than Tim Duncan because there's value in that, you know. There's value in being um, yourself, being quiet, um, and that's and that's Kawhi. I mean, you take you take Donovan. Like, let's say Donovan scores zero points the rest of his career. Um, you're in love with with the with the fact that he's gonna be Spider-Man in one of these games. You're gonna you're gonna put that together, and then you're gonna realize that oh man, he's an amazing basketball player, and he's like Spider-Man. Like it's it's the sell point in the NBA. You're in love. Kobe's a 
a snake. He's a black mom, but he's deadly. You're in, you're in love with that. Like that's, that's what drives the, the engine behind a lot of these athletes. You're in love with LeBron James being the king and the, the all great, you know, and, and that's, and then that's, and that's what makes sports, um, what makes sports great. Like I like Iverson cause growing up from Brooklyn, Iverson's a thug to me. Like, I like that. Like, you, <laughs> like you from the hood, you got the braids, you got the tats. Like, I ain't never seen that. Like, I'm in love with that person because there's somebody on my block that looks like you, <laughs> you know? And, right. and the way you're, the, and the way people are portraying you, I can relate to that. So, um, and the same thing with Durant. Like, I like Durant. I felt like everybody was always against them. Nobody, nobody likes Durant. I, I think Durant is is amazing. I, I think he's one of the greatest scorers we'll ever see. And he doesn't get enough credit. Even him joining the Warriors, he doesn't get enough credit for being great on a great team. But um, that's just the world we live in. I kind of try to look at it a little differently. Mo, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Being from Chicago, of course, I got that double mic. But his body works for itself. So for me, I always say he the father. Kobe the brother, LeBron the son, and then uh, I would go with Bill. Bill nice. Russell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, that's, yeah. Tough. Yeah. that's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's tough. Like, oh, that's ah, tough. man. I, first off, I'm going with Mike. Mind you, my picks are probably a little biased because I grew up in the, the Jordan, Bird, Magic era. You know, those were, those were my big three. You know, whenever I thought about basketball, it always started with them three right there. And so I think LeBron has taken Bird off of that mantle. I love Bird. It, it, it was tough for me to take Bird off, but I, I, I got to give LeBron that mantle. Uh, and, and in no particular order. So I'm going Jordan. I'm going Magic. I'm going LeBron. And then with my fourth one, man, like you said, when you think about the body of work, I really feel like Shaq was the most dominant, but like you said, he didn't dominate his whole tenure. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's that's the knock on him. And I got to go with Kareem, man. Kareem got six finals. Um, I don't think he's got six finals MVPs. I think he might have got three or four. But he's got six championships as well. He's got, you know, regular season MVPs. He's got accolades that throw him in the conversation but greatest player of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand why he's not in that conversation more so. But you know, it is what it is. But those would be my four. I would go Kareem, LeBron, Magic, Jordan, man. Magic was just Magic just revolutionized the game. Um just yeah. being that six nine point guard, being the greatest passer. I can go back and watch film of Magic and just like man, like, you know, you you've never seen that before. Even LeBron, as great as a passer he is, man, he ain't he ain't magic on the break. Oh, no, nah. yeah. yeah, he ain't magic. Le- LeBron is more so like I-, I feel like the way he the, his passing comes from um, his ability to to score, and that's what makes him great. Like, yeah, he knows he can you know overpower his matchup or get a bucket on his matchup. But Magic wasn't always faster than the next man, or wasn't more athletic than the next man. He would just see plays before it happened and play off his off of that instinct. And that that was it was like watching it was like like it was like watching a small guard play like that just knows how to play the game like you just all right when somebody step step up I'm gonna just get that out there LeBron just makes reads that are just like all right a whole court knows I can score so 
<laughs> who's going to make the first mistake. <laughs> right, right, Magic, right. Magic did it with, with finesse. With finesse, too, yeah. Showtime, like, you know, I'm a, you know. He, he, yeah, throw some sauce on it. He He's really out there. He's really out there tripping, like, like throwing it behind his head, throwing it through people's legs, like <laughs> right. behind his back. Things that get you subbed out. Yeah, facts. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Russ, man, appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to come through and bless us on the podcast, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Again, I love giving people their flowers uh, when they deserve it, man. Being a heck of a ball player that you are. You're still young, man. You're still in your prime. You're a hell of a ball player. Wish you nothing but the best going over in China, man. And uh, just keep grinding and keep pushing, man. Love watching you play. Still love watching you play. I'm definitely not going to try to check you and pick up now that I've retired. You know, I still play for fun, but I don't play that hard no more. But, uh, man, just appreciate everything about you, the work that you do in the community, man, and just being the, the person that you are. Don't change, man. Continue to be All-American on and off the court, man. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come through the podcast, brother. Uh, thank you guys for having me, too. Um, my bad it, it uh, even took this long to get it done. Uh, but, yeah, we all tapped in now. So, um, anytime, uh, shoot me a text and um, we get on. That's a bad mo. Appreciate you stopping through and blessing us with your yeah, presence, man. brother. All love. Want to try that bourbon out, uh, Russ? Whatever they, oh, you know. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we got. We definitely got to get samples of <laughs> that so we can review it on here, man. I wish you would have had some. You know how, you know, everybody nowadays, you know, you, you could have posted it right there so everybody can see it, you know. Put it on, put it on, you know, the podcast. But yeah, know, for sure. Now, nah, you know, we 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 gonna get there. We definitely gonna get there. <laughs> hey, but go ahead. But while we on it, go ahead and plug the people and let them know where they can find your products, your mugs. I love it. Your your uh, what your websites, anything that you want to plug. Go ahead and plug it before we get off here. Um. Yeah. So on a, on a bourbon tip, Mister and Mrs. Bourbon .com, We own the domain. That's right now. We have Glen Karen slash snifters uh we have teacups mugs and we're working on some more um fun items but as far that's the bourbon and then on music all platforms obviously rusticulous um is the artist name and yeah then yeah after that and it's you know russ smith the, the basketball player <laughs> twitter and ig you can find me there rusticulous and um yeah we're just constantly working um, be on the lookout for a lot of my foundation work, Russ Smith Foundation. Um, we're currently in the process of putting down um, a, a playground, so uh, that was a that was a great project. And nice, Al Haji Muhammad. Where can they find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram, Twitter. That's it right now, man. What's your handles? Um, at Al Haji Muhammad, A L H A J I M O H A M F E D. Make sure y'all go follow Al Haji. Make sure you go follow Russ. Make sure you guys cop that bourbon and his uh, Mr. and Mrs. Rusticulous Cups and his coasters. And just uh, support B.O.B.s. And make sure you follow Al Haji, the model, on Instagram. Uh, he's always promoting great material. And make sure you follow us. Our handle is uh, on Instagram, the PPU Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Players Perspective Podcast. Been a great episode. Love hanging with you guys. See you guys soon, man. Really enjoyed Russ coming past the podcast. It's a pleasure to have him on. And if you know Russ, you know there's never a dull moment 
anytime you're in the presence of Russ Diculous, man. So really appreciate him coming on the podcast today. And so now for our final review of our bourbon selection of the day, which was Mitchell's US1 Small Batch Bourbon. And to start off our review, we always start off with nose in our bourbons. And this one comes off pretty light on the nose. Has some sweet notes of vanilla in there, a lot of wood, and little, little notes of honey as well. To the sip, it was a good amount of energy. It really gets the palates going, gets everything worked up and fired up in there. Has a solid texture to it. Not too thin, not too many oil bodies, not too thick, but just the right amount of texture. Flavor-wise, has some oak wood, little vanilla, pretty much the same path that you're going down when you start wafting and smelling it. Also has a little bit of pepper notes in there as well. It gives it a little bit of a kick. In transition, it wasn't too much heat. It was pretty solid going down. The aftertaste stays on the tongue a bit, and the tasting notes are a little soft, but I think that's just from the lightness in the bourbon itself, uh, medium range of all bodies that come in it. But finishes off with a nice kick, and I just really enjoy the Mitchell's bourbon brand, uh, especially at a $40 price point. You really can't beat that. Now, that's our review for the day. Make sure you guys go and subscribe, rate, leave us reviews on YouTube, on all podcast platforms, your favorite platform. Make sure you leave us your comments. We love your feedback. That's how we improve our podcast, and we love you guys for your feedback. Now, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Our handle is the PPU Podcast, and on Instagram, it's the Player's Perspective Podcast. Really appreciate you guys. That'll do it for this episode. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in, and that's the Player's Perspective.